Welcome to the Been There Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fuchinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with my assistant coach, right-hand woman, also a certified nutritionist, Jess Floyd. What's up, girl? Good morning. Good morning. It's so weird for us to record on a weekend. It is. It is. I don't know what it is. It's not that like weekends have any real value since we work every single day, but there's (laughs) just, for some reason, it just feels wrong to be on camera (laughs) on a Saturday. (laughs) A little bit of extra work, a little different kind of work. I'm excited for our solo date slash podcast today. Yes, this is this is the first for the pod just to have you and I. I know it's funny because it's like the I think I talk to you more than I talk to my husband. So in real life. <laughs> yeah, that might be true over here too. <laughs> um, so today we are going with a QA episode. We put out a couple of like question boxes on Instagram and in our client Facebook group to see what you guys wanted to know. So this should be a fun one to go through. Mm-hmm. It's going to be random though, because we didn't, I, I just, I just put the questions in chronological order. So um, I have no idea. We're not grouped by subjects. There's going to be no flow. It's going to be all over the place. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. <laughs> just a little peek inside my brain <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get you warmed up <laughs> all right so quick fire go ahead i think all we've right. got we've got a good group of questions here yeah we can elaborate on things so yeah go for it yeah so starting out with uh tips for losing weight with autoimmune issues um, follow up to that is the most workouts gas me out for days. So what are your tips? So when it comes to any variety of autoimmune disease, so whether we're talking, um, like Graves disease or Hashimoto's with thyroid, whether we're talking about lupus, whether we're talking about rheumatoid arthritis, whether we're talking about literally any variety of autoimmune disease, the root thing to be addressing is inflammation. Um, because here's the deal is that we all are prone to certain autoimmune things and, and we're all prone to different things. And that's kind of the hand that we're dealt. That's our genetics. I don't think that we have any control over what we're prone to. But the only time that these things become active and that are there are issues for us is when we are inflamed. That's kind of what activates autoimmune disease. And so when you have any kind of autoimmune, and I'm thinking about a specific client right now, um, what's up, Jalal? I hope you're listening. I think she is. Um, that, you know, a big part of what we do is managing inflammation and stress because she as she uh, she has flare-ups pretty often. And so it's something that we have to be mindful of. But that is the root of like, all, all autoimmune inflammation. That's what you have to deal with. Okay. So now we move on to um, how do we lose weight? Well, the rules are still the same as far as being in a caloric deficit, but if you bring your calories too low, then you're going to do what? Cause inflammation. Mm-hmm. So we have to, so we can't be just crashing calories down. And then the other thing that we do is we try to do a bunch of cardio. I'm assuming that she's talking about like like just based off of this question, it sounds like this person is probably doing like hit workouts and orange theory and that kind of thing. I don't know this person, but um, if you're doing, don't, please don't fucking do group fitness. If you have a stressed body, like, please don't do that. Don't do CrossFit. 
don't do anything in a hot room, like hot yoga, Bikram yoga, all of that stuff is so fucking stressful for your body. Yes. Strength training is stressful, but you can be strategic with that stress. Um, and then it's also a very short period of time with a huge return. Whereas if you're beating on your body with these cardio phase uh, based workouts, it's going to be inflammatory. So the basics are still the same of you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose fat, that you need to be strength training traditionally, and that you should be doing low intensity cardio. So those would be the three things. So lots of walking, getting outside is good. Definitely no hit, definitely no running, any of that bullshit. But that honestly, it's so interesting as I'm like walking this out and, and thinking of a program for somebody specifically with autoimmune this is, this is very similar to what we do with everybody because everybody should be keeping inflammation down because inflammation is the root of all disease, not just autoimmune disease, like all disease inflammation. Yep. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Um, make sure you're sleeping, I guess. That's the only other make, thing. <laughs> make sure you're sleeping, make sure you're doing all the basics with, you know, micronutrients and fiber and all of those things. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to some autoimmune diseases, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now, but uh, what does Kennedy have? Gastroparesis. Mm -hmm. um, so in her case, we have to be choosing really low fiber, easy to digest food. So there's certain things when it comes to like gut stuff that we have to, mm -hmm. that, you know, there, there are some caveats with that. Um, but she's still, even though she has to be careful with fibrous foods because it affects her, um, her uh, autoimmune, she still eats like, I mean, that girl eats a lot of color in her diet. She just chooses yeah. different colors. Yeah. Um, I like, I went through her menu. She had a flare a couple of weeks ago. And so I've been like digging through her menu and I, and she, I mean, she has so much color in her diet and it's, and I know it's scary for her to try new foods because she doesn't know how it all rea yeah. react, but that's been really, that's, but she's been a really interesting case actually. Like she's the first person that I've worked with that has that. Um, and it's been, she, the rules are different for her, but still mm -hmm. it goes back to managing inflammation for sure. Yeah. I just helped write her uh, a, a gentle, a gentle tummy diet and, and put in some new things to give her some new ideas on things to eat. So that was kind of interesting to do. It was the opposite of what I've been normally looking for. I've been, I've been on the hunt for high fiber diet stuff. And so it was, it was interesting to, to turn the tables and, and go the other direction and try to find out, you know, where I can pull fiber from. Yeah. Well, everybody else were like, let's see how much of we can feed you like a billy goat. Let's give you mm -hmm. as much forage, fibrous things to have. Yeah. Then for Kennedy, we're like, okay, let's see what's going to be really, really easy and light. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but so she's the only one that I think kind of goes against most of the rules, but uh, when, it, as far as the fiber piece, but it's still that everything comes down to that inflammatory piece um, and that and, an inflamed body, whether you have autoimmune or not, is not going to lose fat. All right. Moving on. on that topic. I don't think so. <laughs> I think, I think we, can, we can move on to the next one. Um Okay. When indicated, how do you help clients with hormonal imbalances? So I know that is the, that is so broad. Um, and it's funny, the the person that asked this, I do know who asked this. And her night, she just got her labs and we just got her hormones all set up uh, with hormone therapy and some supplements and things. Um, so, so the answer is it depends what's going on. So hormonal balance imbalances is such a blanket term. And you know, what's so fucked up is that there are so many companies now that are selling just like hormone support supplements. And it's like, well, what are you supporting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what is this exactly for? Like, I have a friend who works for one of those uh, MLMs that's like wellness company stuff. 
and they sell like a hormone support supplement. And I'm like looking at the ingredients and I'm like, first of all, none of these do anything for anybody's anything. Um, This is a huge waste of money. But even when like talking to her as a sales rep and I was like, tell me how it supports your hormones. What hormones does it support? And she's like, it's just a comprehensive hormone support. Okay. That that's fucking bullshit. So if anybody says that run the other way, but so I can, I can say like common hormonal things that I see. Mm -hmm. So the most common things that I see um, is estrogen dominance and you can be estrogen dominant in one of two ways. First way is that, and by the way, the only way that you can find out if you have hormonal imbalances is by getting lab work, proper, complete lab work. work. And also if you're a female getting lab work for your hormones and you have a cycle, it's very important that you get it done in your luteal phase. So that day, like 19 to 22, if you have a regular cycle reason that we want to have it done in that window is that's the time where your estrogen and your progesterone should be at their highest. So we can really see those hormones peaked. Um, anything else hormone wise, it doesn't matter the timing, testosterone, getting into anything else that, that, that doesn't matter, but estrogen and progesterone, um, we definitely want to see at their peaks. So that's the reason for the specific timing. A lot of times I have clients who will go talk to their doctors and their doctor will say, well, if you're on hormonal birth control, um, you know, it's just going to, there's no reason to run your hormone labs. And if they say that, um, they're fucking retarded. So you should get a new doctor. Um, Excuse me. I just went way on PC. I will. (laughs) I take it back. I did not just say, I did not just say retarded, but I do. I, I, I have a feeling that doctor might be retarded. Um, anyway, so if you, (laughs) Jess is like, fuck, I'm gonna have to edit this episode like crazy (laughs) as I'm sitting here with my cup of coffee, not fully awake. I'm gonna talk a bunch of shit today, guys. Okay. So first we need to know what is wrong with your hormones. So we're gonna get that getting labs. We're gonna get it during a specific time of your cycle. If you still have a cycle, you're gonna want to get to your labs fasted, hydrated, all of those things as well. And then we'll go into common things that I see. So first I started, so let's take this full circle. Um, estrogen dominance. So estrogen dominance is, uh, it makes us difficult, makes it difficult for us to lose fat in our lower belly, hip thighs. Um, it usually, if you have like severe PMS symptoms, um, anxiety, depression, all of those things loop all the way into this. And so you can have it two ways. Your estrogen can just be high, frank estrogen dominance. Or your estrogen can be high in relation to your progesterone because progesterone helps to metabolize estrogen. So two ways to be estrogen dominant. That's one of the main things that I see that loops into mental health issues um, along with progesterone. Progesterone is our body's natural anti-anxiety. So that's the next thing I see is just low progesterone, which I guess can be looped into that estrogen dominance as well. So progesterone is what helps with our sleep, our ability to cope with stressors. Um, Basically, you can think of estrogen as like the craziest PMS symptoms that you've ever had. Um, Or on on the contrary, progesterone does the opposite. Progesterone is like lighting up a big fat doobie and chilling out. So we want to have a balance of those two things to have healthy female hormones. Now, the next most common thing that I see is low testosterone. So what is testosterone? Testosterone is our mood, our libido, our ability to put on muscle and therefore lose fat. Um, Our general zest for life comes from testosterone. Um, Estrogen also comes from testosterone, which is pretty interesting. You know, we're all told that estrogen comes from our ovaries when yes, partially that is true for about half of our estrogen, I believe. 
Um, and then the other half is aromatized from testosterone over into estrogen. So testosterone, typically I see it low with just our client population. Um, and, you know, we're a lot as, as you enter into, uh, you know, the change of perimenopause and moving into menopause, typically what you're going to see across the board is testosterone and progesterone are going to tank. Estrogen will slowly trickle down too. We don't really care if estrogen is low, unless it's so low that you're having symptoms such as vaginal dryness. But we do want to be watching that progesterone because people aren't sleeping. That's usually the the main red flag. Add in progesterone, um, and then testosterone is going to be like you're feeling you like have a full night's sleep and you just still feel like shit. Um, you don't want to fuck your husband. You can't. You're working out in the gym, but you're not seeing any gains. So those are the times that I really see. Um, those those are I think the three main things that I see when it comes to hormonal imbalances. So then what do we do to help? So we collect all this information. We, um, I do a full lab read. I send you a customized podcast. I tell you that you're all fucked up, um, <laughs> but never fear. There are things that we can do. So it depends on how extreme it is for, for each case. So, I mean, there's all sorts of like herbal things that we can do. Um, it's really important for estrogen dominance to be opening up all detox pathways. So how do you flush out excess estrogen? You have to go to the bathroom every day. So make sure that your gut health is uh, in a good spot. You want to make sure that um, you're focusing on liver detox as well. So there's supplements that we can do to support that. To boost progesterone, you can go on like a chase berry supplement, a Vitex. I like to run it during the time of the month that your progesterone should be peaking instead of taking it all the time. Um, but if you're really, if you're having sleep issues, if your progesterone is that low, you need to go on a progesterone prescription. It's like a tiny pill you take before bed. It's not, there's nothing scary about it. And the reason I say there's nothing scary about it is because in comparison, the only way to fix testosterone is to go on hormone therapy. Um, <laughs> I'm really taking my time on these questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because we usually have like guests on. So I feel like I'm hosting and now I feel like I'm just like talking to you. Like we talk from whenever we're on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what this is. This is a conversation. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Okay. So hormone replacement therapy, everybody's really scared about it. Um, and you should be scared. Um, I'll tell you why. Um, you should be scared about who you're working with, not about the actual hormone therapy. So hormone therapy is hormone replacement therapy. I should say is done improperly more than it's done. Well, it's become very popular, which I think is great because it can help a lot of people, but there are very, I've seen very few, prescribers that actually know what they're talking about and actually know how to administer the medication properly. Luckily, we are partnered with Hormone Therapy Clinic for that reason. So all of our clients get top-notch service, but um, I'll, I'll go over some red flags to look out for. So if you have low testosterone and you need to go on hormone replacement therapy, um, by the way, there is a threshold for this. So sometimes your testosterone can be just a little bit low and it can loop back to, ah, question one, inflammation. And we need to work on other things in our body to bring our testosterone up. But if you're like bottomed out, tanked out, time to go on hormone therapy. Um, things you should look for in a provider, if they say anything, anything aside from an, an injection, you should run. And pellets are really popular. And I hate it because I've never seen anybody have like, uh, we get fully dialed in on pellets. So if you get pellet therapy for testosterone, they like insert this little pellet under your skin. It's like a little uh, minor procedure that you get done in, in the doctor's office. Well, if the dose is wrong, you're like stuck with it. Like, so it's just like, and for, and you also get like, just like, like this huge rush of medication, like it like peaks 
And then it just like teeters out. So if I do see anybody that feels good on the pellets, they feel good on the pellets for like a couple of weeks. And then it like starts to, you know, to, to dissipate and then yeah. yeah and so and so then they're like oh man i felt good for a little while but now i'm not feeling good again and also like when it comes to women and you're like spiking testosterone like that and i'm looking i'm like i'm spiking at like mount everest with my hand right now but when you're spiking testosterone like that you're gonna get more side effects and that's the and and that's a lot of times when people start like thinking about testosterone therapy, they think they're gonna look like some big jacked like body bun builder like woman. Um, you would have to do a lot of testosterone to get there, and a lot of other drugs, by the way. But um, they have that vision in their mind, and really, testosterone therapy should just bring be bringing you up to where a woman should naturally be, um, to where you where, where in most cases you were in your twenties probably. So stay away from pellets. They'll, uh, I've never seen it go. I've never seen it go well. I've see, seen some people get a benefit out of it, but then when they switch over to doing their own injections, they get dialed in way more. It's worth doing it for women. The good news is, is it's the subcutaneous injection. So you're literally just injecting it into your, into your like belly fat. You're not dealing with like an intramuscular injection. It's with a tiny insulin syringe. The other thing to watch out for is doctors that will do any sort of topicals, any creams, so you don't know how much of that medication you're absorbing. That's something that you want to watch out for. And if you live with anybody else, children, animals, mm-hmm. like a- any other being, like if that that cream is going to inevitably get on your clothes, if your and if your husband does your laundry, he's on testosterone too. Um, you know, if you sit on the couch and it because you would put it, I think most people put it on their inner thighs. So if you sit on a couch and your kid comes and sits on your lap, your kid is now on testosterone therapy. Um, so that's something that's really, um, that's really serious and you don't want to mess with that. Yeah. So the best way to get to, uh, to get on HRT, um, on testosterone specifically would be, uh, for most women, it's a once a week injection. Uh, some do twice a week, but almost everybody sticks at once a week and it's no big deal. And when you do it into, uh, into the fat, when you do a subcutaneous versus the pellet or versus doing an intramuscular injection, you don't get that big peak you get more of like a rolling hill um, in between your medications. So you'll have lower uh, lower chances of side effects. And most common side effects are going to be facial hair is the most common, but it's not like you grow in like a full fucking beard. You'll get like a couple little spots on your face. Maybe you already have two chin hairs. Now you have five. Um, acne is another common one. You can have uh, your click can grow. Um and what else am I thinking of? And you can have voice changes. I don't know if I've ever encountered anybody that have any, had any of those latter, but something that's really interesting to know about that is that when you do have side effects, it's just a sign that your, your volume is up too high, your dose is too high. And so it'll, it'll only be temporary. If you turn, if you dial your dose back down and find your sweet spot, those, those annoying side effects will go away. If you don't do anything about those side effects for an entire year, they will become permanent. Now, what I think is so interesting about this is that once I've learned that in crack and in, in, in working with Chris and in, and in working with a lot of women, um, I look at these women that have PCOS that have um, crap. What's it? What is it called when they appear on the face? Hirushism. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm, I know I'm what you're probably, talking about. I've seen the, I've probably seen the word. Pre- but it, it's basically when when women mm-hmm. get hair hair where they, where it shouldn't be. Yep. And so, um, and I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of a specific client, but I'm not going to call her out about her facial hair. And she's as she's gotten healthier, and her labs look awesome. And she used to have PCOS symptoms, and she used to have high androgens, so high testosterone, uh, naturally. 
And so she had high testosterone symptoms. One of these was having hair where it shouldn't be. And as she's gotten healthier and as her hormones have remained, uh, have been brought down to, to normal levels, um, she still is like, you know, I, this, I have this embarrassing thing. I still have facial hair. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, is there other things that I need to learn? Do I need to look into more hormones and DHT pathways and all of these things? Um, when really after learning about that, that if you do nothing about it, when you're on exogenous hormones, that it can be about come permanent. I think it's the same thing. Like if you naturally, if you have high test, high androgens because of like PCOS, for example, mm-hmm. and you have that side effect and you don't get those androgens down, I don't, I think that it, I think it works the same way. Like right. that's the conclusion that I've drawn. Like once you right. have those, like, the, and I'm just going to go with the hair where it shouldn't be. Once you have hair where it shouldn't be and you haven't properly addressed it for over a year, I think it's just, that's what it's going to be. That's, that's good to know. I'll forever have my little neck beard. I love that for me. Um, yeah. But don't you think that's so interesting? Well, and I couldn't figure it out because I kept being like, mm-hmm. well, um, you know, like, well, her testosterone is normal now. She shouldn't be having androgenic symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then once I, and then learning more about HRT and seeing more clients on HRT and working through that and working and obsessing from Chris and learning all of those things from him. I was like, Hmm, I wonder if it's the same thing. If your testosterone naturally is high yeah. for more than a year and you have those symptoms and you can't do anything about it. So I think, so any women that are talking that like come and they're like, Hey, I have PCOS and I have this facial hair. What can we do about it? If it's been around for a long time, I don't think there's a whole lot we can do about it except for laser hair removal. Yeah, that would have been nice to know like 14 years ago. But it's a little late for me now. Somebody else, people might disagree with me. This is just some. This is just the theory that I have. But it fucking like that tracks, right? It tracks because I I've I've, you know lost and maintained 120 pounds off, and I've you know fixed a lot of my like hormone stuff or whatever and that is one thing that has not changed and i keep waiting for it to like stop and it has not so i don't think it will i really don't it's super interesting but if you do have is it dark hair or is it like peach fuzzy hair okay so so dark hair i got one of those um one of those like at home laser hair things from yeah. Amazon and it fucking works. Okay. It, were, like, it works really, really well. It wasn't cheap. It was like 300 bucks. So I mean, it wasn't like crazy expensive, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it was, but it was a couple hundred bucks, but it, but there's no, um, like the, you don't have to like get new, new anything to it. Like once you have it, you have it there. There's like a large area and there's a small area one. So I've done like my bikini line. I've done my legs. It's like, it's not painful at all. Hmm. I'm going to send you the link. And if anybody listening wants the link, let me know, but it really fucking works because I went and got, have you ever gotten laser hair removal? No. Okay. So I went and I got laser hair removal when I was living in Colorado. I got like a great Groupon. The only reason I hadn't done it is because it was so expensive. Right. And there was a Groupon and it was for like, it was, it was like ridiculous. It was like, it was like $500 for like 12 sessions, full okay. Brazilian and armpits. That's what I did. Oh. So I go see this woman and I went like every, I don't know, whatever fucking interval you're supposed to go at. Um, and I got the results, but nobody ever tells you that when you get laser hair removal, that your hair does eventually grow back. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now all of a sudden I have fucking vagina hair again. And I was like, I never, ever, ever have wanted to have any kind of hair on my vagina. And here I am struggling again in the shower with ingrown hairs so I went and I bought this device because it's so expensive to get laser hair removal. Right. 
it's like a fucking annoyingly expensive. And also, you know, that I don't like to leave the house. So like, I don't, I, I fucking hate that shit. So I don't want to go for any appointment. I'm not like, I shouldn't like bashful. Like I will spread Eagle for somebody to, to do whatever they need to do with my vagina. But I, it's more of the like inconvenience of an appointment and the expense. So I buy this thing on Amazon. Let's get, let's get to the point here. So I buy this thing on Amazon. I decide I'm going to give it a try. The only thing you have to do is you have to use that like after you have freshly shaved the area because it will kind of like singe hairs if you don't shave it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does work. It does work. So if anybody has dark facial hair, hair where it shouldn't be, um, or but your hair has to be dark. I think the darker your hair is and the lighter your skin is, Jess, you're going to be oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, the better results you have with laser hair removal. Oh yeah, that sounds perfect for me. Black black hairs and snow white skin. Uh, well, your next bonus is going to be a ninja foodie. <laughs> so maybe your bonus after that is going to be I'll just some Franny's going to be like, why the hell are you have a laser hair removal device? He he, he asks me anytime something shows up with your name on. It. He's like, what is, what is this? <laughs> Shall we cue the tiny violin that you sent me? <laughs> <laughs> I almost exclusively send you like prank gifts just just for funsies. This might be my favorite kind of podcast. Doesn't even feel like we're podcasting. No, we're just hanging out. We're just hanging out. I know. Like the, this is the the behind the curtain of what goes on um here at Fit With Me. I, yeah, shit talking and pussy hair. <laughs> 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 and tiny violins tiny violins um, yeah I'm, I'm actually interested to hear what everybody's feedback is going to be on us just sitting here and talking shit and just tapping to press the record button yeah yeah <laughs> this is this is an easy one i don't mind getting up on saturday morning and doing this i'd also like you to know that i just took inventory of my surroundings and i have one two three four evian bottles of various levels of fullness around me very nice. Very nice. It looks like I'm having like a seance for Evian. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, they're like in a semicircle around me. I have an Evian bottle problem, in case anybody didn't know that yet. Oh man. All right. I guess we should get back on topic. Okay. Um, switching gears here. Um, how do you choose the specific macros for each person? And what is the science behind your decision? Like you weren't going to get into the science. She also said, I'm sure that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah, Nicole, that was a pretty loaded question. <laughs> okay, It's something Natalie. that gets, it get asked a lot to me in um, onboarding and stuff. People are, always, are wanting to know that. And then when we're doing our macro calls and stuff, it's something that comes up a lot. So. So calculating your macros is definitely an art and there's so many online calculators for it. And they are, unless you like have never dieted before and you just have like everything is perfect with your internal health. Um, and you are just, you know, I, I don't know, you, you're like a perfect avatar to get started. Unicorn. Then, um, yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I just said avatar and I fully just pictured like a giant blue with a tail. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, so unless there's nothing wrong with you and pretty much everybody that comes to me, there's something going on. Those macro calculators are going to fuck you. So definitely don't use those. I think that the best way, and this is actually part of the reason why um, Jess and I have a lot of trouble coming up with any sort of like generalized programs for people is because when it comes down to 
Oh, those of us who everybody has fucking dieted before dieting history, hormones, like all of, you know, insulin resistance or slash sensitivity. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many little factors that go into it. So somebody will like reach out to me and actually somebody who was a previous, previous client reached out to me recently. And she was like, Hey, can you just do like a one-time macro calculation for me? And I was like, no, like I won't. That's not, that's not what I do. It takes, cause <laughs> there takes a lot there. Um, but anyway, we and sometimes we help people with that, but it takes monitoring. So let me get back to the point here. So how do I choose the specific macros? So the best way to start is to just fully log everything that you eat for at least a couple of days. Um, meeting, just knowing where you are right now, instead of going off some, you know, some random, you know, BMI calorie. Because I think that's what, how most of those, most of yeah. those macro cal- calculators, they're just going to go off like BMI. They're like, um, they don't cap factor in like muscle mass or your dieting history or internal health issues. So first, the best thing that you can do is just track your food. And that's what we do. And before anybody starts with us, we have them log their intake for at least two days. Nothing makes me happier than when somebody is getting ready to start and they just keep, they lo- they just log like until I write their plan. And I'm like, oh yeah, 10 days of data here. This is awesome. I got weekends to look at. I got normal things mm-hmm. to look at. Got some busy work days in there. Um, but anyway, first you need to know where you are now. Then from there, you have to decide of, you know, what is our goal right now? Is our goal to maintain? Is our goal to uh, reverse diet or calories to my under eating right now? And I need to build my calories up or do I need to move into a calorie deficit? I always highly recommend starting at maintenance for a period of time so that you can get comfortable with just following macros, counting macros. But I'll tell you that even if you take like your, so let's say you log food for three days and you take an average of those calories. um, If you take those exact same calories that you've been eating and you just make everything split properly, balance everything properly with the correct macros, um, you'll still get results than if you just jump into like, you know, oh, I'm going to cut 500 calories from this. So step one, log all of your food for a couple of days, see where you're at from there. Step two, I say, take an average of those calories and let's just get comfortable eating at the caloric range that you're at, but in a balanced uh, way. Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world, if you are not severely under eating, you're going to set your protein at um, anywhere from like 0.8 to one uh, gram of protein per pound of lean body mass. Mm -hmm. So this is not your current body weight. And everybody says, okay, well, how am I supposed to figure out my lean body mass? The best way to figure out your lean body mass is take like your goal weight and then, and that's how much protein you should eat. Um, that, that, I mean, that's very, very general, mm-hmm. but for most people that math works. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and if you think about it, like, uh, okay, you know, how much I weigh, and if I were to take like 10, so like, if I, yeah, that's, that, that really does work. I'm trying to like back into that, but yeah, that's the best math there is. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't. Uh, well, we don't always do it. We don't do it that way because we, we don't. Do, we factor in so many other ways. But yeah. since since we're working on helping people with more generalized information, that's a really good spot to start. Is take your goal weight, your goal body weight. That's how many uh, grams of protein you should be eating. Um, now, if that if you're severely under eating, 
and hitting that protein number is going to send is going to hit your calories for the day and you just are going to have to eat like a carnivore um then you're probably not going to be having your protein up that high to start maybe you'll pr- bring it down a little bit lower so you can have more balance across your macros um other reasons why you might not be eating that amount of protein would be if you have gut issues um mm-hmm. protein is one of the hardest things to break down and digest so if you're having issues with your digestion, we're probably not going to put you at that one, one gram per pound of lean body mass. When might we put protein higher than that? Somebody is hungry. Um, <laughs> well, no, well, no, not really. I don't, there's no real reason to overeat on protein um, because there's only so much that you're going to metabolize. And if you overeat on protein, it's just going to turn into carbs anyway. And I don't know about you, but I would rather eat carbs. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm going to interject here. My husband the other day says to me, well, if you eat too much protein, you're just going to pee it out. I'm like, where, where, where did this come from? Have you heard that? No. So what he, what he's talking about is if you have too many vitamins, like if uh, you, yeah. Okay. Wait. So this is something really, um, fuck, who, who, who was messaging me that I just did this too. I can't remember. I had a client who, uh, oh, Meg, Meg. I told her that I, I I put her on a B saturation plan where you just take a shit ton of B vitamin, has to be methylated. Don't fucking do, don't try this at home kids unless you have a reason to. Um, but you like overload with, uh, with vitamin B until your pee turns neon. And then you know you're saturated because you're just peeing out the excess. And then you back down the dosing. And so vitamin, uh, so, and that happens with all vitamins. So vitamins, yes. Protein, no, I've never heard that. If you overeat on protein through the process of gluconeogenesis, it converts to sugar in your body. Yeah, that makes more sense. So that's, that. so there's, so really there's no, per- I mean, I mean, there, I, there, unless you have like some sort of kidney issue, there's no harm in overeating on protein, um, but there's no reason to overeat on protein. It's not gonna, it's not gonna serve you. Um, like all these like fucking liver king carnivore people, it's like it's out of control. Um, and and it will fuck up your digestion. Like digestion, I mean, come on, protein has no fiber in it. And we most of us need to have appropriate amounts of fiber. So, okay, so we've got your protein figured out there. From there, uh, we need to figure out what your carbs and fats are. So you're gonna take your protein. Let's say I might have to make you do some math right now. So <laughs> So let's say we've decided that you're going to eat 2000 calories. You're going to have 150 grams of protein. 150 grams of protein is going to be how many calories, MacroMaster? 600. Because? Because one gram of protein is four calories. Right. So now how many calories do we have left over? Uh, was that 1200? No, 1400. From our, from our 2000 calorie diet. Okay. So we have 1400 calories left for our carbs and our fats. Now, most people land between like 50 to 70 grams of fat. That's, so if you're starting out, we got 2000 calories, put your fats at, at 60. So one gram of fat is nine calories. So 60 would be 540, bringing us to uh, eight, uh, 860 calories remaining. And that we're going to use for our carbs. So we're going to divide that by four because there are four calories for every gram of carbs. And that makes our carb count go to 215. Damn, I wish. I know that sounds good, actually. (laughs) Actually, you know, that's so funny. I probably do eat that many carbs. I do actually eat about that much. I think that's about where I land, like 200 grams of carbs. It's pretty typical. I say that, but then I I don't, I don't know how I could, it would be easy for me to get there without. 
No, I have to work hard. Like, so I've actually gotten to the place now where it's like, do I want to put in the work to take my physique to the next level, which would come from putting on, like, I can't get much leaner at this point. So the only thing I could do is put on muscle, but I'm not like, I don't really want to eat more than I'm already eating. And I don't really want to train heavier than I already Like, I don't like, I don't want to put more effort into it. And so I'm just like, you know what? My ass isn't going to be as big as, you know, society tells me it should be, but I just, I just don't want to feed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of work, a lot of dishes. Oh, it's just like, it gets to the point and it, and it might, it, I might change, but you know, they're like, when I'm trying to put on muscle at this phase, I have to work so hard to just like, and I know everybody, everybody listening is probably like, let me break out my <laughs> tiny violin. For Sarah, who needs to <laughs> really stuff her face and get in the gym, but that is where I'm at now. Okay, so did I um did I answer that question? The science behind choosing macros for everybody. You're gonna step one. You're gonna record your current intake. You're gonna stick with the average of those calories. You're gonna figure out your protein, and then you're gonna back into your carbs and your fats from there. Um, now, when it comes to food sources, from there things that will add the next level. And you'll factor in things like your insulin sensitivity when you're choosing if you're going to have fibrous carbs or if you're going to have starchy carbs, where you might place those carbs in the day, all of those things. So um, so now that we just addressed uh, you know, quantity, um, it is important to note that quality of foods um, definitely make a difference as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely not the, if, if it's your macros crew. Well, wait, we've seen it in practice. I mean, like we've, we've done this before. I mean, I, so when I first started counting macros, I did, I, I was more of like an, if, if it fits your macros person, like I would fit in like Franken foods and like whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I really eat like pretty much, I want to say I eat like 95% whole foods now always. And it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also yeah. makes you like not crave stuff. Yeah. It makes the, it makes the process stuff not taste as good. Totally. And I just like, oh my gosh, it just hurts my heart when I like look at somebody's food log that's about to start and they've, they have like quest protein chips and premier protein every day and fair life fucking protein shape. What are, what are other common things that people have in sugar-free jello? Sugar-free everything, sugar-free, the coffee mate stuff for their coffee. Um, any kind of lots of Starbucks meals, egg bites, things like that. Yeah. Um, cheese. So much cheese. And so much fucking dairy. Oh my so God. So much cheese. I don't even have a problem with dairy. And I make it like a personal, like like a promise to myself that I won't have dairy two meals in a row. Just because it is one of the most infl- like inflammatory mm-hmm. foods. And it doesn't even cause inflammation to me. But I'm just like, why would I play with fire? And do we really need to have to be relying on that for our protein and our fat. There's so many better quality, um, especially fat sources. Like when I see people switch from like cheese to like avocado and and really high quality oils and nuts and fatty fish, like all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, my poop is perfect now. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I saw something recently that said um, peanut butter is not a protein source. And I think it just really comes down to people just not understanding what is in the foods that they're eating like you know cheese is great and it does have some protein but it also has nine grams of fat per ounce that you're eating so like that adds up really quick it's not it's not the most effective protein source by any means 
It is so delicious. Do you, so do you find with people that are just getting started that um, when they're having trouble figuring, like when they make that mistake of, th- of thinking that peanut butter is a protein, mm-hmm. is that typically with hybrid foods, like, like a peanut butter that is going to yes. have all three macros? Okay. Yes. So what are like, what are other things that you see? Like, cause like, like I know, Ooh, here's a good one. People eat so many fucking chicken wings. So not worth mm-hmm. it guys. Stop mm-hmm. eating chicken wings. They're so, what, break, break it down. How many, how, what's the chicken wing macro oh, gosh. here? Let me, let me pull it up because it's like hot. Like you, you will see, you can use the calories in one chicken wing and the fat in one chicken wing to make so many more delicious things. So one drum chicken drum is going to be five grams of protein and four grams of fat. So it is 60% of the calories are coming from fat and 40% of the calories are coming from protein. So it's not, it's not even a protein source at that point for me. That's a fat source. 100%. And then they fucking drop it in the deep fryer or if you put it in the air fryer even, but we are big fans here of uh, chicken nugget recipes. They totally mm-hmm. hit the spot on that. You can still dress them up like wings, but man, fucking wings are just so not worth it. No, no. And that, and that's something that I have to look at a lot with people. And it's like, okay, well, let's look at the, the fat to protein ratio here. If it is like a one-to-one ratio, that's a big no for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I find that like, so um, like when we were talking about nutrition labels recently, when you look at a nutrition label, like, okay, what are you, what are you eating this for? Are you eating this to hit your carbs, your protein, or your fats? And then you need to see if you, what's a good example here. So if we're looking at um, a, we can stick with chicken wings. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at chicken wings and you think that's going to be your protein for the meal, can you hit your protein without going over your fat? Probably not. Mm-mm. So that's what you need to look for is what, like, why are we picking up this food? What macro are we trying to hit? And can I hit that macro without spilling over my other macros? I think that's the easiest thing mm-hmm. when you're looking at like food labels mm-hmm. or any kind of like hybrid foods. And we define hybrid foods yeah. as things that have multiple macro sources. If I'm looking at like, um, like a uh, factor meals or some of those like prepackaged meal places, or if I'm even yeah. looking at like a restaurant, like their nutrition guide, the column that I go down first is the fat column. Every time I always look at fats first and it's usually outrageous. And there are some places where I won't even go to eat because it's just not, it's not worth it. There's no, you know, there's not some places there are not good choices to be made and it's not worth it for me. And fats hurt me in general. Like I, I still have like gallbladder issues and whatever. So I try to avoid them just for personal reasons, but um, yeah. Fats. Oh, common thing that I see weight loss surgery patients that come to that. Have, so after um, massive weight loss from surgery or naturally, um, it's not unusual to have gallbladder issues. And so when we're talking about our gallbladder, we're talking about bile and bile will turn into kind of sludge, which turns into gallstones. And so when somebody comes to me after losing a massive amount of weight and they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing keto. I'm like, well, no fucking wonder this isn't working for you. And I'll tell you, we, I mean, of the, how many fucking hundreds of clients have we worked with? I've probably used the tool of high fat with three people. Right. I would say very rare, very it's rare. Like, it's pretty rare that a high fat diet is serving anybody. Like, honestly, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's a time and a place for it, but most people mm-hmm. do not need to be eating a high fat diet. Mm-hmm. Most people need to be eating appropriate amount of protein (laughs) and then moderate carbs and moderate fats. Mm -hmm. And then you can manipulate those carbs and fats for whatever your, for for whatever your goals are. 
Um, but people are like, I mean, we've said this before and we'll say it a million more times. 99% of people that come to us are not eating enough protein and are eating too much fat. Yeah. I would even say a hundred percent. It's yeah, it's pretty high. And it just comes down. I think it just comes from a lack of understanding of what is in the food that we're eating. And, and that is what we're here to help with. <laughs> point yeah. out, you know, point out where those things are and let you know what, what, what's in your food and where the quality is and all of that. But. Well, and that's why we're so like hard up on this macro life. It's like, yeah. it's, it's not a diet. It's literally just teaching you about what the, what's in the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get to know, and then once you learn that, you know, that forever, like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's not like, you know, you, you count and you, you figure out how many points X, Y, Z is on Weight Watchers. And mm-hmm. then you just automatically are like, okay, let me just automatically add up my Weight Watchers points. No, you get to like, actually like be able to have flexibility and freedom um, and, and power over, over your decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we going to answer two questions in our whole Q&A podcast? Well, we've answered three <laughs> so far, so <laughs> we're already ahead. I don't think that we're going to get through all of them. No, um, we're definitely not. But I figured we can, maybe we can, uh, whatever, we, we'll, we can make 10 Q&A episodes. Yeah, yeah. Are maybe we should for... maybe we should just start recording all of our conversations and we won't even have to t- <laughs> we won't even have to have like specific podcast recordings you can just, can just stitch can together just our conversations it. yeah i feel like i've been pretty subdued this morning though maybe it's because i'm not fully awake my my trucker yeah. mouth has really been yeah, moderate yeah. all right well i'll i'll i'll, I'll get, I'll get moderate some... fats matter moderate fucks oh yeah i'll, I'll, I'll get some fucks <laughs> in on the on the tail end of this year uh all right, let's get you the next question here. I want to go to the one after that. I don't want to answer that question. No. Okay. Well, I will answer that question, but I think we already kind of answered it. All right. Um, what are some ways to tell your metabolism has slowed down? How do you know when it's not working well? Okay, so this is the best way to figure out where your where your metabolism is and if you need to diet or if you need to reverse diet. Um, so you basically just take your body weight and you add a zero to the end of it. And if you're eating that many calories and you're gaining weight, then you probably need to reverse diet. Alternatively, if you're eating 10 times your body weight already, at, at least, because you should be at 10 times your body weight, you should be in a caloric deficit. If like that's like, 10 to 12 times your body weight calorie wise um, should really be your deficit macros. For most people, it doesn't work out that way because, it, and this is again why those fucking macro calculator on, calculators online don't work um, because they just assume you have a healthy metabolism. Mm-hmm. I I don't meet a lot of people that have healthy metabolism. I love when I do because they're so fucking easy to, <laughs> to coach, um, but it doesn't happen that often. And we like we just don't see it that often because we've every time that we most of our clients have dieted before, and so their metabolism has taken a hit. Most of our clients um, are definitely a hundred percent of our clients are definitely not eating in the balanced way that they should, um, but most of them are not eating enough. Yeah. So that's the, I think that's the, the simplest, simple. I always say there's, it's so funny in the reverse dieting, like plan outline template. It's like simple math for metabolism is take your body weight times 10. And if, you, and if you're not losing weight, then you need to reverse diet. But then again, I mean, there are some caveats to this, right? So if you're 400 pounds um, and you're in 4,000 calories, 
you're not losing weight on, I would not recommend you reverse dieting up to 4,000 calories. It's important when you're 400 pounds for us to get some weight off of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, so there is, there are a lot of caveats to this. Um, the client who asked this question though, actually she's lost 140 pounds. I think we're closing in 150 pounds down, um, over the past couple of years that we've been working together. And what's really cool about her is that she, um, I almost want to like pull up her. It's going to take too long for me to pull up her thing. Um, her metabolic rate has actually increased as we've been losing weight. And the reason for that is that we've gone through phases of reverse dieting, taking lots of diet breaks. She's also been focusing on putting on muscle and putting on lean mass is the best way to increase your metabolic rate. So it's been really cool to see that. Um, and that's something that's super exciting for me was when I have somebody that's like, like lost like 50 pounds or a hundred pounds. And I'm like, look, and now you're, and you're eating more than when you came to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like a fucking sham wow infomercial. And I'm like, and now, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, but that is a really cool thing that when you're just like, oh, we've actually increased your metabolic rate and you're wearing your skinny jeans feeling awesome. Um, that's the cool thing. And the, and the best part about optimizing your metabolism is that it gives you so much more flexibility in your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can, you, you can fuck around and you don't necessarily have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see that crazy hot matrix thing that they turned into the fuck around, find out matrix? It's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yes. We play that game here a lot at my house. <laughs> the crazy hot matrix no fuck around and find out <laughs> oh yeah well you know sometimes you got to see if the oven's still hot uh, um all right well what what where's our time at right now uh, probably getting close to an hour here all right let's do one more all right um thoughts on a deload week okay so deload weeks are basically where you take a break from or fully or scale back your training quite a bit. Um, I don't typically program them in for clients. The reason being is that most people don't train with enough intensity to need a deload week. And also uh, just with how our lives are, it just kind of happens. <laughs> like, you know, you go on vacation. Okay, cool. It's your deload week. Like, it's just like, it's rare that I programming it, program it in. Um, and unless you, unless you really are like an athlete and you really are training with the intensity that you should. And most people are not. Um, yes, I'm speaking to all of you clients. I think it's awesome that you all work out, but I still think that you guys can all bring a little bit more heat to your training. Um, the best way to know, to learn how to bring more heat to your training is to hire a personal trainer to guide you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hit up Billy for more info. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I've been doing lately. As I needed to bring it up, and I've been working out with Billy, and it's been totally bringing well, it up. And I, and I think that a lot of times, like we're scared to fail too, and that's a lot. Of, and then that that's a big piece of why we don't push ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, like, like for especially like if you're in a gym environment and you're squatting with a bar on your back. And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I, I think I should add weight, but I don't want to add weight because if I fail, I'm going to have to drop this bar behind me on the floor and it's going to make a really loud noise and everybody's going to see me mm -hmm. or, you know, so, mm -hmm. something, something is going to draw attention to me. So I'm not going to push myself. Um, it's okay to fail. If you, you know, if you, if you add weight and it is, um, and it's too heavy, then go back down. You should always really be trying and pushing to fail. The only thing that's that that kind of like makes me hesitate in in really pushing this uh this statement 
is that most people are not lifting in proper form. And if you're not lifting in proper form and trying to, you know, max out and fail, you're going to get fucking hurt. So um, I would highly recommend that people work out with a trainer and not forever. It's one of those things that like, once you learn the skill, you'll have the skill. Um, but even like right now, Jess is like uh, is knocking some rust off and brushing up on her skills. And well, and I wouldn't even say that you're like, you're leveling up on your skills. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, so talk about a little bit kind of like what you've been doing. Yeah, I've been working out with Billy a couple days a week um, so that I can push myself a little bit further, um, help myself with a little bit more consistency and 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 getting those um, having a having somebody to meet at a certain time helps me to make sure that I show up and I'm stubborn and I push myself harder when I have somebody there to like push myself mm-hmm. for if, I, if I'm by myself, I want to to do the things but they just don't happen as efficiently yeah yeah i mean having having a trainer having having like some you know i'm gonna say boots on the ground but that's like literally the opposite of it um having somebody on the other end of a of a zoom call uh to coach you Mm -hmm. um does definitely make a difference and you know what i think is so interesting is that like we provide as part of our services clients listen up we provide as part of our services uh form reviews and I, it's pretty rare I see anybody submit form reviews. And I'm so surprised that people don't take advantage of that service because it will level up your training big time. Yeah. Um, and even when I see like clients that have been working out by themselves. So like, um, so like Marie, Marie, I'm calling you out right now. Um, she's a badass and she, um, she, God, she's had such a cool transformation. She just hit her, hit her one year mark. And she's a mom of what, like four, four. she has a, ton of kids Mm -hmm. Uh, she's a busy lady but my point is is that she looks she looks great and she has made so much progress but when we um she recently has been buying training packages with billy and she's gone from having a good physique to having a great physique just by making that one change he's Um, really good at giving cues he is really good make a difference And even now, so like um, the past couple of weeks, um, every once in a while, Mark and I will we'll train together um, just because I get sick pleasure out of kicking his ass. Um, but we'll train together and I will push myself more um, because I know that I have a spot. So sometimes it's just nice to have somebody because I, truthfully speaking, like I, I'm not like a cunt at the gym, but I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not like approachable and I'm, and on purpose, I am not approachable. Um, it's like the one place where you can have a, a packed room and you have no obligation to make eye contact with anybody. It's the best. Um, I don't have to engage with any of you people. Um, and it's not because I don't care. Well, well, well yeah, I generally am not like a social butterfly out in the wild. Um, but I am there for me. Like I have no interest. I'm, I'm busy and I'm timing my rest sets and I'm like, I'm training. I'm not there to like socialize. I'm not, I'm not even there to exercise. I'm there to train. I am there to like to practice my craft and hone my skills and progress. And I'm like very serious about my training. Um, Mark on the other hand is so not that way. Mark is Mark goes to the gym, like to keep for funsies. He like, um, he, (laughs) he has gym friends, He'll like stop in between sets and like chat up his buddies and Mark will come over to talk to me at the gym and I'll be like, 
Well, uh, it's been two minutes. It's time for him to hit my next set. And I'll literally like put my earbud in and just like <laughs> ignore him and move on. Um, but anyway, but when we do train together, I do find such value in it because it will push me to fail a little bit more. Um, and I won't, and, and I wouldn't, I, I, I really truly would never ask somebody to spot me in the gym just because it's just not, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And if somebody asks me to spot them, I always will. But for some reason, I just like, I don't know. I don't really like other people touching me is the truth. Aside from my husband, I really don't want to be touched. That's fair. I like really, I'm just not that person. That's fair. Yeah. Even my friends, like my friend, my friend Alicia, when she gets all, when we all get, when we get all fucked up together and party, she is like the most touchy feely person ever. And we were, when we were talking stick, stick a couple weeks ago, when we we're all shit faced. She was like, do you want me to like rub your shoulders? And I was like, no, it's like, makes me real. Like, could you please just not touch me ever? The, literally the only person I want to touch me is my husband. Please. And thank you. <laughs> um, that was the longest question answer to, I, I didn't even answer the question. Uh, thoughts on deload weeks. They're great. If you're training in, with proper intensity, most people don't need to program them in because life happens and it, and it is a deload week as yeah. a byproduct. Yeah. Perfect. Five, five, five questions in our Q and A. I'm not even like fully confident that we answered all of those, answered all the questions. I just started talking like generalized to every subject matter we hit on. That's okay. I, I, I think that's good. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? I don't think so. We've got, well, lots. We've, we've got like 20 more questions to answer. So uh, another couple of these. It's going to be Q&A episode part one of like 50. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if you have more questions let us know oh my gosh please let us know we love answering questions <laughs> we can bring on guests to answer questions too Ooh, i don't know who we're gonna have on next yeah i don't think we have anybody planned right now so we maybe don't just have anybody you and me just you and me just flying solo for a little while answering questions yeah all right are we ready to wrap it up yeah thanks for listening to the been there lost fat podcast our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once if you're looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and, and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at teamfitwithme.com.